It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewises. This is Linda Lewis. And this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And this is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Well, it has been an interesting week, and so glad to be back on the air with all of you. Doug, Deborah, uh, you've had some uh, recent traveling, and uh, before we talk about that, what's new as far as the weekly recap, Doug? Well, it's been very interesting. Of course, the Dow Jones now is just bumping 21,000. That's pretty amazing if you think about it. Oil is still sitting about $45 a barrel. But this past week, stocks were mainly unchanged as various geopolitical and macroeconomic events kept investors in sort of a holding pattern, I would say. On Thursday, though, the big news was that the Republicans in the House of Representatives assembled enough support to pass the American Health Care Act. Now, this bill will now go to the Senate where it will likely be under review for several weeks. Lawmakers can now turn to growth-oriented policies, such as tax reform and infrastructure spending, which are a lot more likely to get a bipartisan support. But meanwhile, continued pressure on oil prices did weigh down on the energy sector. Then we come to the jobs report. Well, the April jobs report showed continued health in the labor market. The unemployment rate has fallen to pre-financial crisis levels. The data should support further Federal Reserve rate increases this year. I guess that's up for grabs, but I believe that's going to be happening. The next hike could occur as early as June. There's growing confidence for the remainder of 2017, especially if Congress can move forward on a tax plan and an infrastructure plan. The week's Events, they do provide investors for a lot of things to consider. Amidst the various takeaways this past week, though, is there one critical message? Quarterly earnings reports and employment data reflect a level of economic strength, which should continue to provide support for the stock markets. And I uh, hate to say it, but things still look very good. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, you know, it's funny because much of our traveling was in meeting with 
real people who manage real portfolios who have a real perspective that's much deeper than what might be topical news or what any of us might be have access to as far as watching on TV or reading from periodicals. So these folks have a real perspective that is much different, much deeper. That's right, Deborah. Now, of course, your trips began. You had two different uh, uh, um, conferences that you attended. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a recap of some takeaways that you came away with? Sure. I, I think the the most important um, conference uh, dialogue that was happening is happening in a lot of different conferences, which is the importance of retirement income. Because when you accumulate, that's a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And now we have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who are wanting and needing to gain retirement income from what they've accumulated over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the art behind this is coming to the forefront because many people are saying, I'm ready to retire. I need some help on generating income from everything I've accumulated. So it's a top, yeah, it's a topic that you don't hear much about on the, in the financial press. Mainly it's on accumulating on how to make my money grow. Correct. And the only, uh, people that talk about it, I guess are annuity sales that talk about how to get an income stream. Uh, but this is interesting. So you were, yeah, you were at sessions that were focusing on income from retirement portfolios. That's right. And these are folks who, who are helping uh, folks in the same way that we do in Raleigh, North Carolina, helping people generate retirement income. But the focus was on the strategies. And the strategies are going to all stem from creating income with sort of a perspective of, well, we have the guaranteed, quote unquote, sources of income. We okay. have our social security. We have, if we've been working for X amount of years, we can project what that's going to be. We have pensions and then we have required minimum distributions once we receive, we reach 70 and a half and we have investment income. But this portfolio, which is a source of income is pre and post tax. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680. WPTF. If you've got a question about your financial planning situation, call us right now with your questions on the open line at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You know, I guess, Linda, the way you reach out to the public, every listener is either going to be in the accumulation mode looking towards the day then they are financially independent and they can retire or in the income generation mode after they've retired, which is what you're talking about now, Deborah. So this is very interesting. All of our listeners are going to be either one or the other. And your seminars that you went to were focused on income generation, getting income, how to get income from it. That's right. And much of it was designed to speak to, well, income generation is a real art form because if you're just looking at it as a depletion method, you'll never satisfy the retiree. Nobody's happy looking at a portfolio and getting investment income from it and seeing it decrease right. year by year. That, that, that thought can't, I've yet to meet one person 
<laughs> who has said, I'm perfectly happy with seeing my balance go down, you know. So, so the art, the art behind it is, is where it meets the science of, well, how do you create this investment income? Well, that's really, that's really good because I know that it's a big part of what we do at Lewis Financial Management. Not only do we focus on accumulation, I would say at least half of our clients or more are in the income generation. They're already now financially independent. And now for them, it's how to generate income from our portfolio and still not have them be depleting. Yeah, I agree with you, Debs, that uh, people want sound advice and there are experts out there and there are managers out there that are managing these portfolios. And so what the average listener out there wants is sound advice. That's right. And direction. Because people are real good at working every day, every week, every year. And most are saving. Not all are saving, but most are saving. And then because over time, whether they've accumulated in retirement or in a personal portfolio, they want direction. They do. Well, Doug, you were traveling also. Yeah, my travels were very different. I actually met with a, uh, a several mutual fund managers that are amongst the largest in the world and research analysts who are handling and doing research reports for some of the largest mutual fund managers in the world. And so uh, it was very interesting. I guess I came uh, away with, you might say, six takeaways from the sessions and the meetings that I went to. Uh, I, I would say there were six takeaways. The overall view was that there are shifting global trade patterns right now that are bringing new opportunities. Now, these six takeaways that I would say are, number one, technology is changing the nature of global commerce. New trade and tariff regimes could accelerate this trend. Second takeaway would be the knowledge economy, otherwise known as the digital trade, is gaining pace. It's not easily captured in traditional metrics of trade or controlled by existing agreements. And the third takeaway was that global supply chains are deeply entrenched and very difficult to uproot. Fourth takeaway I had was that China, China's emergence as an economic power is having a profound impact on global trade. It's also become the predominant driver of earnings growth for many companies across industries. And the fifth takeaway is that automation is rapidly changing the economics of labor and will affect trade patterns in significant ways. Already, many companies are moving production lines closer to end markets. And the last takeaway that I uh, came away with was that uh, these types of investment managers that I'm looking for invest in companies that stand to believe to benefit from changes in international trade patterns and shifts in economic and political relationships. So those are the six takeaways that I, that I left with. Wow. Those are pretty uh, high level. If you were to break it down for us, what did you mean by technology is changing the nature of global commerce and that new trade and tariff regimes could accelerate this trend? Well, well, you know, the, the question a lot of people ask is, what will global trade and commerce look like in the upcoming years, and how will it influence the investment landscape? And it's a question that's been on top of the mind of investors as we have a new, quote, quote, Trump administration, which seeks to renegotiate relationships with key economic partners. 
And it's the advancement in technologies and how they continue to reshape industries that really is going to determine the future of global business as much as political negotiations. When we think of China, China's rise as an economic power and its enormous influence on global growth is still another aspect of this shift in the world order. So that that's what I meant. Okay. Now, do you want to add anything to the knowledge economy or the digital trade that's gaining more pace? Or, well, you know, yeah, yeah, it's this digital, this digital in, uh, shift is, is tremendous. It's a digital transformation that really knows few boundaries. You know, well, I guess we all see that in our own lives. Well, that's right. They're, of course, they're the old line multinational giant companies dominant in commodities and heavy industrials and consumer products. But there's also an entire generation of new global companies that have emerged over the past couple of decades that are giants in the digital economy. Companies like Google, Amazon, Priceline, and many parts of the digital economy are not captured in traditional metrics or measurements of international trade and gross domestic product growth. And as their size is growing, issues related to the digital commerce and the intellectual property are gaining prominence in trade agreements. The digital platforms are also changing the economics of doing business across borders, which is bringing down the cost of transactions that's pretty heavy. You know, it also is... is it's is, all changing very rapidly. And it's, it sounds like there was a, a message of not only are companies strong and stronger since 2008, but that the United States economy and the international economy is much more a global market. So a company might be based in Ireland, England, uh, Japan, China, and might get most of its profits from country, countries other countries. It was astonishing to hear data showing that e- almost every single economy around the world uh, is growing, that there's nothing but strong positive growth projections for all countries. The U.S. may be less than some of the others, but all of them with positive growth. Wow. This you is know, exciting. It, it really is exciting because, you know, in, in, in some news markets, you're hearing a lot about doom and gloom. But what we're seeing is the people that are at the forefront. Really managing the money. Managing the money. And what we're seeing is growth. We and really that, are. that is really that was a the, positive word. That was the news that I got. Well, Doug, what about uh, global supply chains and China's emergence? Yeah. Now, the supply chains, they are very heavily entrenched and they're not easily uprooted. You might take Apple, for example, as the most obvious example. Its supply chain spans 30 different countries. But Apple's strategy, we can see the company is further diversifying its sourcing across countries to be closer to the end markets, including bringing some production back to the U.S. So as supply chains have become global, companies have gained specialization and scalability that's actually difficult, if not impossible, to replicate. And then there's automation. And that's got to be rapidly changing the economics of labor. Oh, my. The whole matter of uh, uh, it, it, it's big. And, and China is the biggest, of course. China has extraordinary influence, extraordinary influence on trade and companies' growth prospects. 
They're an economic power that's appeared over the past two decades and continue to have a profound impact on global trade. Its role as the world's largest manufacturer of all kinds of goods is well known. Over the past decade, China has also become the largest growth market in the world for a vast array of industries ranging from robotics and autos to airplanes and smartphones. Now, trade negotiations between China and the U.S. are going to be very important for these managers to monitor. That's exactly what they told us. They told us that China relies on some key high-tech products produced only in the U.S. right now. And China is seeking to reduce this dependence by developing its own semiconductor chip industry and electronics payment systems. But these are going to take time. And so despite a deceleration in economic growth, China does remain the most important driver of revenue and earnings for many companies around the world. Now, Doug, what about the companies that are being invested in that... uh stand to benefit from these changes in international trade? Well, there was a big influence on emerging markets. While the negotiations may be characterized by bouts of potentially unfriendly rhetoric, ultimately, the managers that I met with said that they don't see any new trade agreements that are likely to have accommodations that are not good for both sides. That's because there's a mutual economic and financial dependency, and the impacts are more likely to be on the company-specific side. And that was very much driven by uh, what's happening with the emerging markets. As the global economy gains momentum, emerging markets themselves should benefit, and earnings It was reported to us that earnings from emerging market companies are estimated to increase 17% this year in 2017. Do you have questions about your financial planning? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, that's a lot of takeaways for people in regard to investments and what uh, managers are investing in. And it sounds like that you were really got the benefit of, of, you know, speaking with the people who are really managing the money. Oh, I was saturated. I really was. And I'm, I'm eager to write my, my newsletter. Of course, I write a newsletter that I send to all of our investors uh, each year if I go to one of these major events. And I'm certainly looking forward to this one. I would say the conclusion that I came away with was that global commerce has been transformed over the past 20 years. Shifts in economic and trade regimes and turning points in markets provide managers the opportunity to capitalize on short term and at the same time invest in companies that will be winners in the long term. Of course, not all global companies are going to thrive in this new environment, and that's why fundamental research will be the key. We're not into timing. We're looking for fundamental research. Shifting global trade uh, patterns bring new opportunities. But at Lewis Financial Management, what we do is we look at your situation from a comprehensive viewpoint, and we can assist you with your financial planning. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. Make your appointment at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And visit our website at DougAndLinda.com. Well, Doug, Deborah, 
You know, as uh, we were on these uh, trips and visiting with uh, portfolio uh, individuals and investment advisors, I, I on a personal note, I just wanted to say this. It was kind of exciting for me because uh, during uh, one of my meetings, I got to meet a couple of other wives whose husbands also did radio. That wow. was really interesting. Yeah, that was, that was really something. We're on the shuttle and we're all, you know, going back to the hotel. And so then we decided, well, let's have dinner together. And so we go out to dinner and we're eating Mediterranean food, you know, on this balcony. And it was really a, a lovely, uh, evening. And, and we're just chatting and getting to know each other only to find out that one advisor's husband up in the Northeast does radio. And the other, her husband and his partner, did radio out in the West. And here we are in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm doing radio with you guys. So <laughs> it was pretty exciting to see that not only here in the Carolinas, but in other parts of the United States. I think the uh, the takeaway from that little session that you and I had with them that evening, Linda, in Pasadena, was that... I. Uh, each of the other radio people that we talked to talked about the same thing, how the industry of radio has changed. In the early years, the the listening audience was hungry for advice. Now they're all being besieged by annuity people, selling annuities, promoting themselves as if they're fiduciaries. And they all, all the, the, the other two guys were saying the same thing that we say here at WPTF is that there is a big problem that's going out across the radio airwaves now where people are peddling annuities inviting you to come to uh, lunches or dinners. We call them plate liquor lunches, uh, where behind it there's a sales pitch of selling an annuity rather than pure financial advice. So it was good to know that we're not the only people that are facing it here. That's right. If you have a question tonight, this is your hour to ask questions about cash flow planning, tax planning, retirement planning, estate planning, insurance planning, and investments. So give us a call. The lines are open for the uh, whole hour, 919-860-9783. Well, speaking of tax planning, I guess uh, you can't be... You have to, unaware you, of. You can't be unaware of what's been happening with our new administration. That's for sure. And, uh, of course, the question right now is, well, how should investors position themselves for any potential tax overhaul? Yeah, there was an article this weekend in the Wall Street Journal that gave us a few guide points. Because the real question of how can investors make the most of President Donald Trump's tax proposal is on everybody's mind. Mr. Trump's plan, unveiled last week, was long on ambition but short on details. And there are some steps that taxpayers can could do now to take advantage of provisions that might go away or capitalize on proposals should they become law. Yeah. Now, the uh, of course, the first uh, issue is what about charity, charitable giving? And Trump's proposal leaves the charitable deduction intact. That's very good news. However, it does something interesting. It doubles the standard deduction from the present levels in 2017 of about $6,350 for single folks or 12700 for married couples. It doubles them. Therefore, fewer people might be inclined to itemize their deductions and therefore claim that charitable deduction in 2018 if that's the only thing they got, but they can get a bigger deduction by getting the new uh, standard deduction, they won't use it. 
So because of this, it could make sense for taxpayers who think that they might use the standard deduction next year to accelerate charitable deductions into this year. And of course, if that's your situation, make sure that you call us because we will be giving advice exactly along that line. Another step that uh, you might be interested in or might assist you would be deferring income. So if tax rates fall next year, it may be worth deferring your income into 2018 where possible. And so, for example, if the 3.8% surtax on net investment income is eliminated, deferring a stock sale that until that happens would result in about a 16% tax savings, notwithstanding any other tax changes. Another thought is your estate plan. Because even if the estate tax is eliminated, as Mr. Trump has proposed, there are other issues in question, such as whether the step up in basis would be eliminated. Currently, if an investor sells a highly appreciated asset, he might have a large capital gain. If he holds it until death, heirs can avoid capital gains taxes due to the step up in basis, which adjusts for income tax purposes the value of an appreciated asset to the value it of it at the time of inheritance. With this provision in place, the investor might determine that the potential tax benefit is worth the risk of holding a position he might otherwise sell earlier. Yeah, we've seen that so many times through the years. Somebody... The question. Yeah, a client comes to us, you know, and says, I've got this farm. Uh, I'd really like to go ahead and sell it, but the capital gains tax is so high on it and everything. I don't know what to do. Of course, if I just do nothing. Let my kids inherit it. They'll be able to sell it tax-free because they have the step-up in basis. Well, if the step-up in basis is gone, and I believe it will be gone, then there's no reason to go ahead and wait. You might as well do it now, go Mm -hmm. with something, another strategy, but no longer wait until you die because that's not going to be there. Well, Doug, what about setting up a business? Well, that's the biggest thing to me, Linda. That is huge as far as I'm, as far as I'm seeing it. If Mr. Trump's proposals take effect, now could be a very good time to begin setting up a business. And that's because Mr. Trump proposed that the business income of pass-through entities like partnerships and S-corps and limited liability companies that pass through to their owners they would now be taxed at 15%, and that's a huge cut from the current top rate of 39% or 39.6. Let's take an example. Let's say a consultant who made $250,000 last year or this year, he would normally pay, let's say, $62,000 in taxes. But under Mr. Trump's proposal, that $250,000 income would bring his taxes down from 62000 to $37,000 or take a larger number. Right. Take a million dollar income and that individual is owing taxes this year of $490,000 in taxes. If he can move himself into a business, an S-corp or a sole proprietorship or an LLC, his taxes would drop from 490000 on that million to 290000 on that million. That would save him $200,000 in taxes. This is very big, and it's a strategy that we are going to be using at Lewis Financial Management for many of our clients. Right. And that, you know, that's where a lot of people are, regardless of um, their thoughts, are like, well, yeah, if you can really reduce corporate taxes, 
That'd be a significant uh, increase in, in small companies, large companies being able to redeploy it into their own employees and their services. And if you have questions about your taxes, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Deborah, I, you know, I want our listeners to know also that we're not just radio personalities doing a talk show. That's true. We are a financial planning firm and we do financial planning every day, every week. Here in the Carolinas, right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think it was last year that I figured out doing a little bit of recap that I had had over 10,000 face-to-face consultations with clients through the years. As you say, Linda, we began this in 1983, and we have never stopped ever since then because this is our joy, helping clients achieve their financial planning goals, their tax goals, their estate goals, their budget goals. Uh, All of the goals, once they can show us what their goals are, our joy has been helping them achieve their goals. Yes, so many wonderful people, our listeners here in the Carolinas and across the nation, because you can live stream on WPTF. People can live stream the show, any show, but they can listen to our show. And all you have to do is go to the WPTF.com website and live stream the show. But every day, folks are coming to us with questions about their 401k, about their inheritance, about, you know, some of our uh, dear listeners have become widows or widowers recently, and our hearts go out to you that have experienced loss or maybe, you know, tragedies such as a a loved one uh, battling cancer or having a terminal illness. These are very real situations. And your questions are very real. And our answers are out there to help you find solutions to your dilemma and also to give you direction in financial planning. That's true. That's what we do. I mean, you know, this hour tonight is for you to call in and ask your question and uh, to take down our number to give us a call during the week, which is 919-872-7000. That's the number to call and make an appointment, schedule some time, make this the year you get on track with your own financial goals. That number is 919-872-7000. I think before we go on, I'd like just to read a letter that a client wrote about what is wealth really for. He said, in my retirement, I'm deriving pleasure from assuming the strategy that you taught me that I am finished saving. Now I'm spending judiciously with your help to be sure, but nevertheless, with a view to obtaining satisfaction. My wife and I have made some long desired renovations to our home. We schedule at least two major overseas vacations a year. We supplement our children's financial needs whenever it's needed. And I'm devoting more time and financial support to charitable work because of you. I continue to spend time exercising at a local athletic club. And I read more, indulging myself in the love of classical music. All of this gives me significant satisfaction. And, of course, I wake up every morning thankful for having met you and your firm and that I have good health and enough strength to enjoy all these activities, something that I know is not going to continue indefinitely. But I'm gladly faced with the prospect that at this rate, 
my assets, my investments will outlive me and my wife, and I'll still have something to leave to my children, something that my father was not able to do. Thank you, Lewis Financial Management. Isn't that nice? Yes, it is. And so... Makes you feel like it's worthwhile. It certainly is. All right. Now, I think we need to shift topics to the confusion out there. Yeah, some of that confusion can be cleared up by knowing certain terms. And if you're a retiree, these are some of the things that you need to know. Like any profession, the investment industry has its own vocabulary, and that can be confusing and sometimes even off-putting. It's worth your while to become familiar with this specialized language. Not only will you feel better equipped to communicate your needs, but you can be sure those needs are actually met. All right, so let me give you a a term, Deborah. Okay. How about the term fiduciary? It means annuity salesman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A fiduciary, in all seriousness. When you're paying for advisory services, it should be clearly stated that your financial professional is working in this capacity. A fiduciary must act in the best interest of his client and avoid any conflicts. For example, he can't make recommendations that produce higher commissions for himself or his firm. So do your research and ask questions about licenses, certifications, and compensation, and then get it in writing. That's what we do at Lewis Financial Management. Get it in writing that your individual is a fiduciary required by law to put your interest first. All right, another topic, another uh, um, term that confuses people with regard to risk is what we call interest rate risk. You know, here, conservative investors often buy bonds because they think that they're safe. But fluctuating interest rates can pose a risk. For example, if interest rates rise, bond values typically fall. So again, call us at Lewis Financial Management about further diversifying your portfolio mix to reduce your risk. Now, another term that is often confusing is the sequence of returns risk. And this was uh, highlighted in many of the seminars that I was attending. Really? Yes, because this is where the focus on retirement income needs to be uh, stressed. Too many years of negative returns at the start of your retirement can substantially damage your nest egg perhaps to the point where you won't recover the loss. And this, Doug, is when you are uh, stressing so many times to clients in our office, listeners on Sunday night, you need to live off the eggs. Don't Don't kill kill your your chickens. chickens. And if you do kill too many chickens, it's this sequence of returns risk that you are feeling. It's the reduction of the amount that you'll be able to withdraw over your lifetime. This is a major concern for today's retirees. Many of you are counting on your investments to provide most of your retirement income. It's not Social Security income. The pension may be gone. It's investment income. And unfortunately, it's simply a matter of timing and something over which you have little control, which is one more reason why you should work with us. Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. There's another set of terms that's very interesting and confuses a lot of people. It's the difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. So risk tolerance is basically your emotional ability to withstand losses to your portfolio without panicking. 
Well, if that's risk tolerance, Deborah, what's risk capacity? Well, risk capacity is a bit different. It's your ability to take a loss without it affecting your lifestyle. Or it could be your need to take a bit more risk in order to grow your nest egg so that it meets your financial needs. It's useful to know both your tolerance and capacity to avoid making knee-jerk decisions during market fluctuations. Of course, another term so popular today is annuities. And annuities, it's important to understand, are contracts offered by insurance companies. They are not investments. No matter what they tell you, they are insurance contracts offered by insurance companies to uh, uh, to cover risk transfer. Now, Linda, what about the required minimum distribution? These are things we call RMDs, Linda. Well, these mandatory yearly withdrawals start in the year that a person turns 70 and a half. So generally, you have to take your RMDs from any of your retirement accounts in which you have contributed tax-deferred assets or had tax-deferred earnings, such as your 401ks and your IRAs. And if you don't, you'll face severe penalties. Do you have questions about your money? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Linda, many clients begin their relationship with us when they are in their 30s and 40s. And they know that they must have a plan to accomplish their goals. What is your advice for young investors to get started? Well, everyone should begin with accumulating on a regular monthly basis. This accumulation should begin with an emergency fund, then a retirement investment plan, and then a personal investment plan. The hardest part for most people is knowing how to get started. So we begin with analyzing your monthly expenses. Once a person knows what their monthly lifestyle is, then they know what they'll need to save in an emergency fund. And your emergency fund should cover the number of months that you think it would take to replace your job. And most people estimate that they would need three to six months to get a new job if they lost their current one. If you have an employer retirement plan, like a 401k or a 403b, you should know up to what percent the employer is going to match your contributions. Our rule of thumb is that you should contribute only up to that amount and then stop. Of course, you don't want to give away that free money. That's the match money. Next, you should invest outside your employer's 401k plan. With our help, We'll help you choose the investments that you that will be owned by you and not restricted by your retirement plan rules. And this will give you access to the whole wide world of investments, not just those that are available to you in your 401k. All right. So let's take an example of a recent client. Uh, as I recall, they were in their 40s. I think he was 45 and she was 42. They had a combined family income of 165000 He made 90000 She makes 75000 They've got two boys, 12 and 7 years old. Their recurring monthly gross income is 13700 And their recurring monthly expenses are 6000 They're both contributing up to the match in their 401ks and no more. 
They've already saved 20000 in their emergency fund. So after we had analyzed this amount for them, they then set up the goal of investing on a monthly basis into a personal investment portfolio of investments at the rate of 2000 a month. Now, this 2000 a month is going to go into a growth and income mutual fund. And as this investment increases, then we're going to add another mutual fund. And with this monthly investing plan in place, if their investments average 7% average annual return over the next 15 years, this 2000 a month is going to accumulate for them about $375,000 outside of their IRAs. We'll monitor this for them month by month, as well as their 401ks. We will stay with them along the way as they achieve their goals of financial independence. And that's just the way we do it. Yeah. You know, the the beauty of that scenario is that most of us fit into that typical category. So most of our clients who are coming to us in their 30s and 40s feel a lot like you. If you're listening tonight and you're thinking, wow, Those aren't super high earners. Those are folks just like me who have real responsibilities, boys who are going to need a college education. They have real expenses. And their goal was $2,000 a month with the goal of, of course, over the next five years, getting it up to about $4,000. But they saw the benefit of those retirement plans growing as one portfolio and this personal portfolio having the ability on a month-by-month accumulation to be twice the size of what they could accumulate in both their 401ks. Beautiful. And at that point, they could really see themselves retiring in 15 to 20 years. Do you have questions about your retirement accounts? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And if you would like to schedule an appointment or maybe you want a second opinion about your current asset allocation, call us at Lewis Financial Management. Comprehensive financial planning is what we do every day with our clients and we'll, we'd love to help you. Call us to schedule your appointment at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000 and visit our website at DougAndLinda.com. Well, Doug, Linda, what's new in the world of insurance planning? I'm going to say long-term nursing care insurance. You know, an illness that requires long-term care can deplete your nest egg, but it's a risk that many people often overlook. After all, retirement's supposed to be about finally having the freedom to do the things you've always wanted, not about getting sick. On the other hand... According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 70% of Americans who turn 65 will need long-term care at some point, which means if you're married, the odds are pretty good that at least one of you will need long-term care. And it's important to note that the cost involved won't necessarily be limited to medical care, but could also include assistance with the basic personal tasks of everyday life such as eating, bathing, dressing, using the toilet, or dealing with incontinence and transferring to and from a bed, a chair, or even a wheelchair. So these activities of daily living, the ADLs, are often uh, necessary and requiring hiring a custodial care person who is a non-medical care uh, individual that 
can help with preparing meals or maybe uh, assist with medications or skilled care, which is treatment uh, by a licensed professional, such as a nurse or a therapist. Of course, the costs for these services are going to vary widely depending on what part of the country you live in, but none of the options are cheap. The national median rate for home health care aid services was $20 an hour. A day in an adult daycare center was $68. A month at an assisted living facility cost 3600 And a private room at a nursing home was $253 a day. So it's certainly not cheap no matter where you live. And if you think Medicare is going to pick up the tab, well, think again. It's going to pay for some part-time services for those who are homebound and for short-term skilled nursing care. It may cover part of the first 100 days in a nursing home, but it won't help with ongoing care. So how do people come up with the money? Well, if you're very wealthy, and by that I mean that you have assets totaling in the millions of dollars, you're probably going to have the means to cover the costs yourself. But if you're very poor, you likely can count on your state's Medicaid program. But for most people in between, it is challenging. Yeah, you know, for a long time, the best alternative was to purchase a traditional long-term care insurance policy, what we call LTC policies. But these days, the premiums can be steep, especially if you're older, if you already have health problems or you want more benefits, which puts off many pre-retirees and retirees. And much like auto insurance, if you don't get sick, and you don't use it, then there's no way to recoup your premium payments. But the insurance industry is coming out with more options to assist with the expenses associated with long-term nursing care. On the other hand, you have to keep in mind that there are usually additional premium requirements or costs associated with the purchase of these additional options. It's almost like a a lose-lose situation when you sort of start walking into this realm And you can't ignore the possibility that you or your spouse may someday need care and the money to pay for it. To help safeguard your nest egg, it makes sense to prepare a strategy. Don't be the ostrich with the head in the sand. Have a strategy to address the potential need for long-term care. And the sooner you do, the less stressful it can be. So, what do you do if insurance agents aren't fiduciaries and get a big commission And yet, there is a huge need. If you're like most people, you want to know if and when you would be able to self-insure. So call us. Make an appointment to meet with us face-to-face. You need to discuss this as a part of your overall financial planning. I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. My father is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're at Lewis Financial Management, doing this week, month, and year after year. Call us at 919-872-7000 to schedule a time to come in and ask your questions. Doug, Deborah, you know, some of our uh, clients over the years... Um, especially those that that purchased long-term care uh, policies in the earlier years, do have these benefits at their fingertips because they they bought it, they purchased a policy when it was affordable. Right now, policies for long-term care are these days more expensive, and they've cut the benefits. 
And the, you know, there was one at one time you could get, uh, first day coverage. Now it's like a 30, 60 or 90 day waiting period before your benefits begin. Right. So and in lots some, changed. And in some cases, you know, by the 90th day, you're already being discharged from rehab. And, you know, there, there are some patients or, you know, some clients that have become patients, whether it was because they had to have hip surgery or maybe they were out walking the dog and they fell and they broke their leg or whatever the situation is that, that, uh, these costs are real costs. And it is important to plan because if you don't have a policy, well, let's say this. If you do have a policy, Thank God, because you have a little bit of benefit that is going to go towards paying whatever your insurer didn't cover. Right. That's right. But but it has to be a bigger it has to be a part of a bigger conversation. Right. You know, uh, the policy may expire and your change or your your needs may change. And so, you know, what we're talking about is at various stages of life, our needs will vary. That's right. And when you work with a certified financial planner. They can assist you in looking at where your needs are and looking at what are the solutions to grow your wealth, to accumulate your wealth, and to, to possibly let- be able to self-insure. I mean, that's exactly. the overall goal. That's what we all want. You know, um, as we're as we're talking about these topics, I thought, you know, another good thing to do is to bring up a real question. So, Doug, some of the advice out there says that you should invest as much as possible into your employer's retirement plan, you know, your 401k or your 403b at work. Do you think this is true? No, no, it's not true. Any rule of thumb is not specific information about your individual specific situation. Usually it's considering the lowest common variable about human behavior. Now, if you're the kind of person who could only accumulate retirement savings if it was withdrawn from your paycheck so that if you don't see it, you don't spend it, then that might be the one exception where the answer would be yes. First of all, if you don't have a spending problem, then there are lots of reasons why this so-called free advice about putting the most into your 401k is not good advice. When you set aside money in your employer's 401k, you're setting aside money that can only be invested in the investments that the employer has selected as options. There are thousands of other options that you're unable to access if all you do is invest in your 401k. Second, you should own investments that are not only in your 401k because those can only be accessed when you retire. The day you retire, you can take them with you. And the day you turn 59 and a half, you can take money from them without incurring an early withdrawal penalty. When you own assets in retirement plans, the only way to get money from those retirement plans is to sell those investments inside the retirement plan. Yeah, and third, the selling of those investments in a 401k means that the distribution of that money to you will be taxed as ordinary income, just like your salary. This is the highest tax rate. Most people don't realize that. They don't. They For really example, don't. If you have investments that you bought in your 401k that total $100,000 and they've now grown to be 150000 if you take out 100000 most people think they don't pay tax because that was their 100000 investment. Or maybe they only pay tax on 50000 but no, the tax on the entire amount of that withdrawal is 
taxed and taxed at the highest income tax rate. If you have investments outside retirement plans, then you can access them when you want and without paying ordinary income taxes. You only pay at the capital gains tax rate. Most importantly, you are able to invest in the thousands of other investments that are available. With our help at Lewis Financial Management, you can create a personal investment portfolio that will complement your 401k investments. This is the best way to be prepared for retirement and for unknown, unexpected events along the way. Call me, Deborah Lewis, or my father, Doug Lewis, both certified financial planners at Lewis Financial Management. Call us this week at 919-872-7000 to set up a time to have a face-to-face meeting. Well, Doug, Deborah, um, this has been really fantastic weather that we're having. Isn't it? It has. <laughs> it has. It has made us all want to spend a little more time outside. And even though it's been raining, all those uh, those April showers are creating very beautiful Mayflowers. Yeah, boy, <laughs> we've been we are lucky to live in North Carolina. That is for sure. In traveling around the world, we see some of the uh, the other places people live, and um, I definitely like calling North Carolina home. Well, as we finish out this evening's show, it might be that uh, we talk a little bit more about the savings versus investing for retirement conversation. Yeah, a recent study found that 80% of respondents who don't feel confident about retirement say the number one reason is they haven't saved enough money. Mm. However, saving for retirement requires more than just contributing to your retirement plan. Without good investment returns, it can be difficult to accumulate enough money for retirement. Some who are concerned about market volatility may try to, quote unquote, save their way to retirement without investing. But by investing with a long term perspective, you can benefit from growth potential and compounded earnings, which is when the dividends on your investments produce additional earnings. Yeah, let's take an example. You can potentially contribute less and have more assets for retirement by investing rather than just saving in a bank account. If you invest $250 a month, your retirement withdrawals could be nearly twice as much as someone who saved 1000 a month. That's the real key. That, that investing $250, $250 a month has more long-term benefit than saving $1,000. Yeah. If you take the uh, 40-year period okay, and you're saving $1,000 a month for 40 years, then at your retirement, you have enough to take 1600 a month for the next 25 years. Okay. But if you invest, not 1000 250 a month for the same 40 years and you get an 8% return, then at retirement 40 years later, instead of having 1,600 a month, you have almost 3,000 a month for 25 years. The whole key is don't save, invest. That's right. There's much more power when you understand the value of compounding. That compounding is uh, what all great thinkers know is the power behind starting young. When you have years, it takes less money to accumulate more. 
That's been our joy, helping so many of our clients that began with us in the 80s and the 90s who are now, they are financially independent. They're what we call middle-class millionaires, and their children are now our clients on the same path because they have that power that their parents did of time, compounding return, and so forth. And with all of that, that's how it's so easy when you really see what it is and how to do it. For us, Money Matters is always available to you. And we want to remind you that your money matters because your financial future is at stake. And tonight, we've covered a number of items, shifting global trade, new Trump tax proposal, retirees, what they need to know, advice for young investors, long-term care insurance, 401k investment. So join us next Saturday and Sunday on 680 a.m. at 6 p.m. Have a wonderful week, everybody. This is the Lewises, again reminding you your money matters because your financial future is at stake. You've been listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF.